Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen and amen. Ushers, you could go ahead and receive the offering. And if you could just welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you, worship team. Aren't they awesome? Thank God for talented musicians. Thank God for anointed musicians. Amen. Thank you. And all I need is a bottle of water to go with it. I got, I got one open over there. I don't like to waste them. There we go. How many of you hate when there's bottles of water laying all over the house? Oh, man, that really gets me. Let's talk about a couple of things before we get into the message. We as a church, you'll hear sometimes people mention the body. And when we use that phraseology, the body, we're talking about the body of Christ. We're, we're, we're not talking about just his physical body because we are his body. Yes. He is the head, according to Ephesians chapter 1. He is the head of the church. In chapter 2, it goes into an explanation of it. If he's the head, we know there's just not a head up there floating in heaven. Amen. He's the head over something, and that's the church. Okay, so, so Jesus, and I, want you to, I really want you to pay attention here. Um, we're going to get into the message, but I feel like I need to sh- share a little bit of uh, preliminary teaching here based on what just started to take place. Jesus is counting on us as his church to be sensitive to his spirit so that he, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, manifesting through the church, can meet the needs of people very supernaturally. Okay? So, so some of you might not be used to being in that type of atmosphere. Um, Raina, uh, you know, I, I knew somebody had something over here, right? I thought it might have been Pastor Rick. I thought it might have been Matt. And, but I wasn't getting any, any kind of direction that way. And then it was Raina that was actually hearing from the Holy Spirit. And that's a very difficult thing to do when you're, you know, you're trying to concentrate on the songs. You're trying to concentrate on the music. You're trying to concentrate on singing. But your spirit on the inside is tugging you in a direction. So I admire her for, for going with it. But we could have went more. So, so here's what I want you to This is what I want to impart to you tonight. This is what I want you to learn tonight. When you start to see stuff like that happen, maybe one of the worship leaders or anybody on the platform uh, feels like the, the Lord wants us to share something or, or wants to speak to specific situations or circumstances in an individual's life, uh, especially with um, tonight with the healing. I believe when Pastor Matt came up and began to pray, that was kind of the initial beginnings of it, like the stirrings of it, okay? And, and the Holy Spirit very much operates that way. There's a stirring that takes place. I know you were praying before service, Sarah. I know that, okay? And so here's what I want you to do. When you see things like that happen, and I know we were supposed to go more. In fact, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to take a step out here, and I don't want to, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. But there was somebody here that you haven't been having a lot of pain on the side of your neck, okay? And God wanted to heal that tonight. Um, he still can. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand if that's you? Over here, over here. Anybody else? Over here. Just stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. Okay, because sometimes, you know, we need to do something to receive that. So those of you that are around them, just stretch your hand towards them. 
Okay, again, we're being extension of the body of Christ, extension. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, all of us together, our hearts are joined together tonight. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would release the power of God to manifest healing in each and every one of their, in each and every person that's standing up here right now. Father, that healing right now takes place on that left side of the neck. In the name of Jesus, every, every joint, uh, every bone fall into place the way it's supposed to. And then and the, the, put your hand, right, those of you that stand, put your hand on your neck. Uh, on, your, on your neck. Go ahead, go, go ahead do that. And, and just say this with me. Father, I receive my healing. Your word says that by the stripes on Jesus' back, the wounds that he took for me, I am healed. I believe that. I receive it with thanksgiving. In Jesus' name. Amen. Moving around. All right. Now, now, now watch now. See, when stuff starts happening, you can, you can sit down. You can sit down. Now, when stuff starts happening like that, okay, um, and it's, it's not you, pray for somebody. I want our congregation to learn this. You see, we have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit can't do a thing. Okay? The Holy Spirit needs a person on the earth. And some of you, you just went, uh, is, that, is that right? Is that scriptural? Yeah. That's why Jesus had to come here physically in the earth. God's spirit. He took on that flesh and bone and blood body and came to this earth so he could bring the power of God. He could bring the influence of God to this earth. Okay? So now, when he, just before he left, he gave instruction to the church because the next time he comes, he's not coming like he did the first time. He's not coming to preach the gospel. He's not coming to heal the sick. He's not coming to, to rescue those that are in, 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 the, in the clutches of the enemy. He's coming to rule and reign. So, so if that's the case, then who's going to do the healing? Who's going to do the deliverance? Who's going to bring peace? Who's going to preach the gospel? You're getting it. We are. We are. So you and I must cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So when you hear... Or, and if you're visiting with us tonight, you go to a different church, whatever. When you're in that church or when you're here and you, and, and you see that maybe the Holy Spirit is starting to stir, maybe somebody is, is offering prayer for something or healing or, or offering opportunity for somebody to receive prayer uh, personally, start to pray. Start to pray. And especially if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you pray in the Spirit, then pray in the Spirit. If you have not received that yet, just pray, Father, let your will be done tonight. Yes. Holy Spirit, move. Just, just move. Do what you want to do. Bless who you want to bless. Heal who you want to heal. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So, so, that, so that those of us that are up here that God's holding responsible to, to actually step out and do these things, you'll clear the atmosphere. Are you getting this? Yes. Some of you looking at me like just like tilt. <laughs> Listen, we have a really strong, very clear lesson in the Gospels. Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, and he went to the synagogue that he grew up in. And he went to the platform. He received the scrolls. He went and looked in the place where he wanted to read specifically from the book of Isaiah. And when he got done reading, <clears throat> basically what he gave them, he was giving them his job description of the Messiah, what he's supposed to do. Okay. But the people in the synagogue got offended. And because they got offended, 
It says that he there could do no mighty works except heal a few sick ones. And if you read in the original language, it says just heal a few minor illnesses. Okay, because the atmosphere and the attitude of the people blocked him from, and that's Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So if we all cooperate together, and honestly, don't even wait till till you see something or hear something happening. When you're in worship, please, on behalf of those that might come in that are really sick, on behalf of those that might come in that are just so oppressed and downtrodden, on behalf of those individuals, pray that the Holy Spirit would move on their behalf. And when I say move, that the Holy Spirit would take action, if I could put it that way. Okay? Now, he's a gentleman. He's not going to do it against our will. Are you listening? But if he's got our cooperation, could you imagine what we could let loose in this place? Nobody would walk out of here with an ache or a pain. Nobody would walk out of here with a sickness or disease. Nobody would, nobody would walk out of here carrying depression on them. We would be able to release the power of God, and he will accomplish things in split seconds that could take us years to, to, to clear up. Are you listening? All right. One other thing that I want us to do before, again, I get into the message, and I, gotta, I, gotta, I really got to do this fast. Next weekend, next Saturday in Bayville is our Fall Fest. Now, listen, this is the second annual one. The first one we did last year was only three weeks after that campus opened. That church was only open three weekends, three Sundays before we did the Fall Fest there, and over 700 people showed up. When we did our Easter party, we had over 1,000 people show up. Now, here it is a year later. There's a lot, a lot more people have heard about New Beginnings in Babel. And so we're probably expect, we're, we're, we're going to see probably around 1,200 minimum. But we have some components built in this time for people to actually receive Jesus. Amen. It's not just going to be a party, fun thing. You know, there's, a ton, there's lots of rides. I'm talking about carnival rides, bounce houses. We've got a ton of food prepared for that and going to be there next week. And I don't know how many hundreds of pounds of candy that we're going to give out. So, again, we're going to call the dentist in the area and ask him to send us, a, send us an offering for giving out all that candy. So, so this is what I want us to do. I want us to pray for that event that's going to take place next week. Amen? Why don't you stand up, please? Let's stand up. Let's stand up. And join me in your hearts. If you want to pray along, you pray whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for that's how you taught us. Jesus taught us to pray to you, Father, in his name. And so we are praying in that powerful, beautiful, wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Father that your angels will even go forth now and gather up entire households in Bayville, in Beechwood, in Ocean Gate, in Pine Beach, in South Toms River. Father, in, in, in Manchester, in Berkeley Township, in Beechwood, in Lacey Township, in Barnegat, even into Manahawkin, Father, that you will gather up entire households, families, and, and put it in your heart to come to that event so that the children could, can, can, can have fun and the parents can be blessed and they can see their children enjoying themselves. But more than anything, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that when they set foot on that property, they're going to sense the peace of God. They're going to sense the presence of God. They're going to say within themselves, there's something different about this place. There's something here. 
Now, Father, I pray that your anointing would be upon every volunteer, every worker, every individual that's connected to this event. Father, to the prayer team. Father, the martial arts team. Those that are handing out candy, the trunk or treat families, Father, that the presence of the Holy Spirit would be so powerful upon each and every one. That, Lord, there will be opportunities to share the gospel, opportunities for people to get born again, opportunities for people to receive healing, opportunities for marriages to be restored, opportunities for families to be restored, opportunities for those that once knew you, Father, but have fallen away, have, have, have been out of church for years and years and years. I pray in Jesus' name that you would re, regather them, that they would connect, Father God, and they would connect to that campus, Lord, so that we could minister to them. Father, we take authority over the enemy. We break the powers of darkness that would try to interfere. No calamity, no tragedy, no interruption of service, nothing whatsoever but smooth sailing, Father. Thank you for your angels to surround and, and just, just saturate that entire property, Father God. Thank you for the results we're going to hear. And everybody that believes says, Amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. Okay. This weekend, I'm starting a two-part series. And I kind of had this in my heart, and, 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 and you'll, you'll see as I get into the notes here, I'll explain a little bit more. Here's my goal for this message. We're in the final stretch now of 2019. I can't believe it because it just seems like yesterday was, was, was last January. And I thought it's important for us to remind ourselves about maintaining stability Especially now, we're coming into that busy holiday season so that we can jump into that season strong. It won't just be something that we'll endure. It'll actually be, it'll actually be enjoyable. It'll actually bear fruit in people's lives, okay? And so that we can finish the year even stronger. Because, you know, life in the 21st century is extremely complicated. One report suggests that the amount of stress that the average person has grown to tolerate today would have been enough to qualify a person in the 1950s to be institutionalized for treatment. Paul warned that life on the planet Earth in the last days before Jesus returns would not be easy. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 3. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Listen to this list and tell me if it doesn't describe the day that we're living in right now to a T. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers that we should just check it off, yep. Lovers of money, oh yeah. Boasters, all over Facebook. <laughs> Proud, blasphemers, yeah, we, we got plenty of that. Disobedient to parents, not even gonna go there. <laughs> Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, and look at this one, without self-control. It just seems like there's no boundaries anymore. There's no restrainers anymore. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's the one we got to be careful of. It doesn't sneak into the church. Loving pleasure rather than loving God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And he goes on to say, and from such people turn away. Wow, that doesn't sound very kind. It doesn't sound very tolerant. It doesn't sound very... But it's the word of God. Amen. Turn away from that conduct. Turn away from people that turn away. Now, it doesn't say don't pray for them, but don't, don't get mixed up with it. 
You listening? Yes. Don't get mixed up with it. So Paul hit it right on the head. And these scriptures decide, describe today's society to a T. If there was ever a time that we, the church, need to have a clear, uncluttered plan for life, it's now. Because we can get slip into all of that stuff so easy. We are definitely living in those perilous times, the most perilous times in human history, especially for Christians. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but it seems like all of the forces of hell have just been, just been called out. Just said, go after this person, that person, go after that church, and go after that organization, go after that part of the country, go after that family, go after that marriage. And God knew this day was going to come, and he knew you and I would be right in the middle of it, and he's equipped us. Amen? Amen. He's already provided relief. He's already provided strength and power from his word to help us finish strong in every season of our life. Now, our good friend Kyle Winkler, a couple of months ago, posted something, and it just sparked this message. And it's a message of encouragement from the scriptures. Paul gave five simple instructions that model how we as believers are to live today. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And here is the five instructions. Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says specifically, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, and then to temper all that so that it produces the right results. Let all that you do be done with love. Let's make sure that that's always the motive. Amen. Amen? The Passion Translation says it this way. Remember to stay alert. Hold firmly to all that you believe. Be mighty and full of courage. Let love and kindness be the motivation behind all that you do. Amen? Amen? So, in other words, let's study four weapons that are going to help us finish strong. Not just only for 2019, but from now on. Number one, stay alert. Understand that there's an enemy. I, I, I'm purposely starting out with this one. Stay alert. Turn to somebody say, stay alert. Stay alert. Turn to somebody else say, wake up. <laughs> because most people are walking around, especially Christians, are walking around like they're in a stupor. And the truth is you're in a boxing ring and you're getting the stuffing knocked out of you and you think it's coming from other people? You think people are your problem? Or worse yet, you think God's doing it. I hear people, I don't know why God's doing this to me. Honey, God ain't doing it to you. You have an enemy. And listen, I, don't, I, don't, I have made it my life mission not to glorify the devil. But to ignore him is more dangerous. Because, you, you know, if you don't understand that you have an enemy, and Jesus, Jesus instructed the disciples, showed them how to deal with the devil. He never said he doesn't exist. He never said, ah, it's just a myth or a fable. He taught them how to deal with, with the enemy. But listen to me. There is a danger when, when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ walks around like we're, like we're shadow boxing. And, and you're getting your kicked. 
Because you see, if you don't, if you don't understand and realize and grasp the truth that you have an enemy, a true entity who it only exists, has made it his mission to make life on this planet miserable for every individual that reminds him of, of, of our Father in heaven. Because you see, if you don't understand that, and if you're like, well, I'm just going to skip over that part of the scriptures, then what you're going to do is this. Every time you have a failure, every time you get attacked, every time sickness comes against you, every time you, you lose your job, your finances fail, your car breaks down, you start blaming yourself. What did I do wrong? What door did I open for this? Now, now I'm not saying that never is the truth. There are some times that we're the ones that open up the door for these things to happen. I mean, I don't know about you. I've made plenty of stupid decisions in my life, and they blew up in my face. Anybody else in here what I'm talking about? Come on. Now, people on this side are like, no, I don't know about anything. About How many of you know? You, you make stupid mistakes. You got nobody to blame but yourself, right? But there are times that no matter, you could be doing everything right. And man, the attack just comes. The failure happens. The thing blows up in your face. What you prayed as a dream to come to pass ends up becoming a nightmare. If you don't understand that you have an enemy, especially in these last days that is going to pull out all the plugs, just do everything possible to rob, kill, and destroy. If you don't understand that, then you're going to do one of two dangerous things. You're either going to blame God or you're going to constantly get down on yourself, constantly rehearse your failures, constantly. And what ends up happening is this. Ask me how I know. You will be afraid to step out in the future because you think you messed it up. You have an enemy that's committed to resisting. Listen to this. You have an enemy that is committed to resisting all your efforts to follow God's plan for your life. It's called resistance from the kingdom of darkness. That's how he operates. Let's look and see what the word says. The Bible addresses him by many names. Each one reveals a side of his nature and how he operates. First one I'm going to deal with adversary. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Now, he's not talking about just don't, not get, just don't, don't get drunk. He's saying being sober. What, is, what, is, what does it mean to be sober? Be clear-headed. Be alert. Be clear-minded. Get, get the clutter out of your head, okay? Straighten up. Be sober. Be vigilant. That's very watchful. Because your adversary, whose adversary is he? Ours. Your adversary, the devil, watch this now, walks about like a roaring lion, doing what? Seeking who he may devour. So that tells me that he's got to be seeking. That means he can't devour everyone. He looks for specific ones. And Peter describes him as a lion, not because of his strength, but because of his cunning. A lion never attacks an entire herd, or he never attacks the center of the herd. A lion waits and watches for stragglers, the tired, the weak, the injured, the wounded, those lagging behind the rest, and those are the ones that lion will attack. Sounds just like Satan. 
brings division into a family. Division into a church. Strife plays on your emotions. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you been very touchy lately? Have you been entertaining offenses? If you have been, you're probably also feeling weak. And guess what? The devil has you in his sights. He's waiting for you to separate yourself from the pack so that he can pounce on you. That is the number one tactic of your adversary. To sow seeds of division, seeds of isolation, seeds of destruction so that you get weary. You start getting cynical. Why should I go to church? It's full of hypocrites. Well, there's plenty of room for one more. Plenty of room. But you hear what I'm saying? I guarantee you that every one of us listening right now know of at least one or two or maybe more people who used to be pillars of the church. They used to be involved in their church. They used to be right there. And, and, and then all of a sudden, bam, years go by. And they wouldn't know Moses if he walked in with a red suit on. Because the enemy was successful in separating that one from the rest of the pack. It never happens overnight. It happens subtly, subtly. A little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. And then all of a sudden, bam, the jaws close. Not glorifying the devil. We just, we need to know how he operates. The next one is the accuser of the brethren. And that's found in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He accuses us before God, but to no avail. Why? Because God has no remembrance of our sins. Amen? Amen. So the next place he accuses us is in our minds. If you remember that, then next time the lies in your mind start to try to pull you back to the past and pull you back into that conduct and pull you back into an ungodly lifestyle, if you'll remember that God's not the one that's accusing you, God's not the one that's bringing up your sin, he, he's washed it under the blood. It's, it's gone. He's dealt with it already. He took that sin and took the punishment of it and put it on Jesus on the cross. That's why Jesus called him the father of lies in John chapter 8, verse 44. If you'll remember this, then those lies will not affect you, and you'll finish strong. And I love, and, you know, the devil will bring up your past. I know I got a past. Of course I have a past. Every one of us in this room has a past to one extent or another. Some of us a little bit longer past. Some of us a little shorter, depending on how long we've been walking on this planet. Some of us have very colorful pasts, but we all got a past. Amen? Can you do anything about that past? Only one thing. Forget about it. And don't let it constantly torment your mind. Don't let it, and don't let the enemy constantly bring up, well, you know, you used it. You used it. You used it. You, I know I used it. But my used to doesn't have to affect my gonna in the future. You catching this? He's also known as the old serpent, Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And as a serpent, he watches and waits for the most opportune time 
to attack its prey. Now, you notice two different kinds of snakes? Well, the way, as far as two different kinds of snakes, I'm talking about two different ways that a snake will attack and kill. The number one one that we always think of is the injection of the poison. Just that, and, and that, that bite, it's just it's lightning speed, and it's just bam, and that poison just gets injected in your system. But there's another way that we don't hear a lot about. And I see this more in activities of the enemy than the injection, because usually the injection of poison requires another person. That person that can't keep their mouth shut. That person and wants to come to you and inject a little bit of poison a little bit at a time. Maybe it's somebody who doesn't like your husband or doesn't like your wife, and so they start injecting little seeds of poison a little bit at a time in your heart, and then a year or two from now, you wake up and you realize, I don't like this person anymore. Or it brings division into a household, into a family, into a business partnership, okay? But there's another more insidious, more subtle way that the enemy operates, and that is like a python where it wraps itself around the prey. And, and, and all of a sudden, by the time that prey realizes and starts to struggle to get free, the more that prey struggles, the tighter the grip takes place. That devil comes to try to suffocate you. And so that's the type of thing that you're battling when you wake up in the middle of the night, you feel like you can't breathe. When that fear comes, that paralyzing thing, you are dealing with an adversary. It's not God that's doing it to you. It's not your own mind that's doing it to you. And listen, if you have somebody in your life that suffers those kind of attacks, they don't need you to hear it's all in your mind. Pray for them. Take authority over that, over that spirit. Take authority over the devil that's trying to suffocate the life out of them. You know, that same thing will suffocate your finances. The enemy will come and suffocate your finances. Wrap himself around those finances. But see, if you'll follow the pattern in the word as it pertains to your finances, God said he'll rebuke the devourer on your behalf. And that thing can't curl itself around your finances. Just, just like, look, 35 years, you learn a couple of things. If somebody said, man, he looks good for 35. No. <laughs> I mean, walking with God for 35 years. You learn some things. You not only learn it from the word, but then you see the word happening in people's lives and you realize after a while how, things, how the enemy operates in people's lives. The next one is a ruler of darkness of this world. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Let me read that. Therefore God also has highly exalted him, it's talking about Jesus, giving him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, watch this, every knee should bow of those in heaven and earth and, and those on the earth and of those under the earth. So the name of Jesus has, has authority in three different realms. It has authority in heaven. It's got authority on the earth, but it also has authority under the earth. Amen? That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, there are rankings. The kingdom of the enemy is organized, but it's organized chaos but it's organized. There are different rankings. There are different types of angels. You remember that Lucifer was an archangel in heaven, right? Okay. Well, when he turned on God, his nature changed. He was no longer Lucifer, the light bringer. He now became the thief, 
who robs, kills, and destroys. But there also seems to indicate in the word of God that a percentage of the angels followed him in his rebellion against God the Father. And so his kingdom is organized. It's a counterfeit of the kingdom of God. And one of those rankings is rulers of darkness. There's principalities. There's powers. The, the kingdom of darkness is organized. And, but no matter how organized it is, it cannot withstand the power that's in the name of Jesus. You listening? Because at some point in time, at some point here on the earth, at some point in eternity, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen? Amen. He's also called the God of this world. And this is a sneaky one. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, now let's not forget here. This isn't a seminar about the devil. We're talking about what do we need in our, in our, in our weapon belt, in our, in our arsenal, in our armory? What do we need to be able to finish strong? That's the whole reason we're talking about this this weekend. Are you catching this? Okay. So, the God of this world. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Who's, watch this now. Look at, the next, look at the next verse. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest, or we could say unless, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. What is this telling us? That one of the manifestations, one of the, of the, of the um, uh, operations of the enemy is to blind the minds of individuals who refuse to believe. Now watch this now. That doesn't mean that every person that is not born again yet and every person that's not a Christian yet and every person that hasn't invited Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior, that does not mean that every one of them is blind. It's saying he blinded the minds of those who do not believe. You know, there's a, there's a big difference between a person that's never heard and a person that refuses to believe. You catching this? So don't automatically assume that your friends and blah, 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 well, well, the God of this world has blinded them. If they have heard the truth and rejected it, then the enemy comes and blindness comes. Amen. Now, it still doesn't mean that they're lost forever, okay? Are you listening? Amen. And there's a difference between the one who's never heard. So the one who's never heard, you pray for that individual to be open to the truth of the gospel. To the one who has heard at some point, might have even gone to church for some specific time, but then they've rejected it, turned away from it, and then that spiritual darkness comes. Bam. You pray different for that one. Why? Because you have authority over the God of this world. Say, well, I'm not comfortable by calling Satan the God of this world. I'm not either, but it's a fact. And you know who made him the God of this world? It wasn't, it wasn't God. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was mankind. It was Adam and Eve made Satan the God of this world. How did they do that? Because they took the authority that they had over this earth. If you want to look at it, if you want to see it in a different, maybe more concrete fashion, they took the lease from planet earth and they turned it over to the devil. 
when they turned from God and they took the faith and the trust that they had in God and they took that and they gave it to Lucifer, to Satan, he became the God, little g, the God of this world. Now that lease is about to run out. And Jesus is not going to renew it. And the eviction process is already starting. He's not a fairy tale or a myth, as Hollywood might suggest. Jesus, remember, called him a thief, called him a destroyer. Paul said that we're not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. You and I have an enemy who hates us because we have been made in the image and likeness of God. He hates us because he knows God's true intent towards mankind. Now, I'm going to have to wrap this up soon, but I want to give you a couple of scriptures, and I especially want to leave you with this. Jeremiah 29, 11 is probably one of the most popular scriptures in the Old Testament. But very few people understand the context. And I, I can't help it. Every time I come across this scripture, I feel the responsibility to go a little deeper with it. Amen? Amen. For I know God, this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Israel. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Say that with me. Hope and a future. Now, the devil specifically hates this aspect of our relationship with God, and I'll explain to you why. If you will go home and read Jeremiah chapter, uh, chapter 29 in context, this verse of Scripture jumps off the page. Why? Because Jeremiah chapter 29, God has told them they're going into captivity. He is judging them. They're going to see their city destroyed. Some of them are going to see their children murdered before their very eyes. Yet in the midst of this judgment, had the judgment come, he had been warning them for hundreds of years, stop worshiping idols. Stop worshiping, stop the idolatry. Stop the idolatry. Stop that. Warn them, prophet after prophet after prophet. And then the time came for the sword to fall. But watch this. In the midst of judgment, in the middle of proclaiming, and he even gives them instructions. He even tells them how long they're going to be in captivity. Daniel reads it later on, and he understands that the time has come now for, for the people to return to Jerusalem. But back up to this spot here. He even says to them, you're going to be away for a while. Wherever you go, wherever, wherever you're taken, pray for the welfare of that place. Build houses, plant vineyards. In other words, this ain't going to be a two-week deal. But watch the mercy of God, the love of God. In the middle of that judgment, in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of all that seems horrible, he says to them, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. And the devil goes crazy when God does something like that. Because you've got to understand the tactic of the enemy. And this is what's going to help us finish strong. The tactic of the enemy is this. Because he does not know the true nature of the father. Because nothing but a liar, a murderer. He does, his tactic is this. To get to lure mankind into sin so that hopefully 
God will judge you and destroy you. That is all he tries to do continuously. He's never learned his lesson. He tried it with Adam and Eve. Why? He got thrown out of heaven. There is no redemption for him. There is no redemption for the angels that followed him. It's done. There's no turning back. And he thought God was going to treat mankind the same way. And so he lures Eve. He lures Adam. He figures if I can get them to turn on God, then God will do the same thing to them that he did to me. What a surprise when God took animals, slew them, took their, their blood, took their, 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 their skins and covered Adam and Eve's nakedness and covered their shame and calmed their fears. The enemy was looking for God to just nuke them. just And he didn't do it because he's merciful towards mankind. He's compassionate towards his creation. He has committed his love unto us, and that love is unconditional. But don't side yourself with the enemy. Are you catching this? You and I have an enemy. He hates you. He hates us. You're as close as he can get to hurting God's heart. Could you imagine what the enemy thought when he saw the Son of God? Because he realized he had gotten some glimpses. He wasn't 100% sure, but he, he, he started. All of a sudden, the, 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 the pieces of the puzzle started to fit together as Jesus got closer to going to the cross. He didn't understand 100% because Paul later on writes, receives revelation from the Holy Spirit that if the enemy would have realized who Jesus was, he would have never crucified the Prince of Glory. Because in crucifying Jesus, he released all the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us back into relationship with the Father. You catching this? So good. But you'd think he would learn his lesson. He never has. He's cunning, but he's crazy. He's still trying to trap the believer into getting back into sin, thinking that as he was cast down from heaven, and even as Adam and Eve were thrown out of the garden, but they were thrown out of the garden for their own good. Because if they, they, watch this now, they invited sin into their life. When they invited sin into their life and into the human experience, they invited sickness and disease. And God puts them out of the garden for protection, not punishment. Why? Because in that garden, there's another tree. And that's a tree of life. And he said, if they should touch it and live forever. And in your mind, you go, well, what's wrong with that? Do you want to live forever having cancer? Could you imagine them living forever, having the results of sickness and disease on their body continuously, suffering and suffering, and the body eating away and eating away with no relief possible? In his mercy, he put them out so they couldn't touch that tree. But the day's coming where we're going to get to that tree again. The day's coming. And it says, when you eat those leaves, it be healing for the nations. So here's the takeaway. Know that you have an enemy. 
It is not God. Learn who he is and how he operates. Be sure to resist him. Fight him using the weapons that have been given to us, the name of Jesus, the word of God, and the power of the blood. You have, we have those three powerful, powerful weapons at our disposal. You don't have to be overwhelmed by the enemy. You don't have to be defeated by the enemy. Jesus went to the cross so that you and I would have that authority over him and have power, delegated power from the throne room of God to be able to use that name and defeat the enemy at every turn. And that's how we finish strong. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you reveal to us, Lord, through this message. Father, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit who opens up our eyes to the word, who teaches us, who brings us revelation, who brings us illumination. And Father, thank you. We recognize we have an enemy. And we recognize he has some power. But Father, you have given us authority over his power. You said, Jesus, that the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. And Father, we thank you for that power. Now, Lord, I pray that you continue from this point forward to reveal to us, to teach us by the power of your spirit, Father, individually, in each one of our hearts. Teach us what we need to know so that we could finish strong. We'll always give you all the glory. We'll always give you all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Listen, um, if you need prayer for anything, maybe we didn't touch on whatever is afflicting you. Maybe we didn't give an opportunity to address some of the issues that you might be dealing with. Or if you have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I urge you, please, do not walk out of these doors without settling that issue. Come up here. We'll only be too happy to pray with you, lead you in a simple prayer, and you can receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior this night. Amen? Amen. 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 If you need prayer, come on up. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.